Nerd Night. I'm Ryan. I'm Chris. And what are we doing in today's episode? Well, today's episode is a little different. We're actually doing a top five list for albums of the year for 2021. Uh, usually, yeah, we do we do listen to new music sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Contrary to the nostalgia trip that's on the show, but um, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, like uh, I've struggled with choosing records for previous teams in the past. And I was like, am I gonna do something new? You know, because like, I, I don't want to make it seem like that we, we do stuff only pre 2000, 2010, mm-hmm. You know, but uh, but uh, I think this is a um, this is gonna be a good one. I'm excited to talk about the records that came out this year. I agree. Yeah. And it's been it's been a crazy year for music. Like I think a lot of people have said like maybe it's not a great year. Um, but it's like I think so much music has come out and so much of it is good. Oh yeah. That when I'm looking up other people's end of the year lists, I'm seeing zero crossover. Oh. Like there's Oh yeah, everyone's there, different. Everyone's different. When yeah, there's, there's so much stuff out there now that it's like you don't even really need to like there's no like agreed upon like great ten albums, yeah. Well, which is cool. There's a lot of good stuff, but looking also at the list, though, too much looking stuff. At, looking at music, public music journalists, like I don't know if we fit in that category yet. I, from lists, I found a like, consistent two or three that were on the lists of music journalists. However, I'm not a music journalist. I don't think, and um, my and uh, only I think only maybe one or two or two, yeah, only two or three. Show up in the list at the end of the year for other publications. There's definitely two that aren't on there, which is fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, but uh, yeah. So I think we're gonna we're gonna start. Obviously, we'll not give our number one right away. <laughs> yep, we're gonna go. You know, descending order. Yeah, no, no uh, feature artists on this little episode because it's not a traditional episode. You know, exactly. Just yeah. end of the year wrap up. Yeah, I tried so far. Uh, I feel like I gave, I tried to give everything a, a fair shake mm-hmm. as far as like listening to everything I think sounded interesting that showed up on other end of the year lists yeah. or paying attention to stuff that went throughout the year. Yeah. I even made like an albums I missed <laughs> playlist that was like 13 hours long. And Jesus, I well, you have fun with that. Listen to that, which uh, unfortunately, nothing on the stuff that I missed kicked off anything that was already on my list. So it was I mean, well, kind good. of a wash, but hey, I listened to some new. <laughs> It's yeah, a bunch of new music. I have a few honorable mentions and stuff that I want to spend more time with, but um, other than that, well, uh, let's get let's get your honorable mentions out of the way. I didn't. Oh, I, ha- I have there like would one be or two offhand, offhand comments about it. So both uh, Julian Baker and Lucy Davis came out of records this year. Both fantastic. They're part of a uh, Boy Genius with Phoebe Bridgers that came out a couple years ago, and so mm-hmm. these two artists um put out new records this year, and they are as good as Phoebe Bridgers' latest solo effort. Um. I mean, not as I mean, I've listened to me a few times, but I'm going to be listening to those a whole lot more. Um, this band called Portrayal Guilt put out two records this year. Um, one at the beginning, one at the end. Uh, the most recent one's called Christ Fucker. So um, <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's good shit, man. It's like it's like it, it reminds me a lot of just metalcore, like like uh, and mixed with scream. People are kind of screaming. I don't know about that, but and uh, and mm, oh yeah. Uh, the Injury Reserve is a band that I'm looking into. They're like a, a hip hop group that one of the members died like a couple of years ago, and they came out with this really trippy fucking record. Um, and people were descri- like are comparing the beats to Death Grip stuff. So hmm. yeah, so you might want interesting. To check them out. And then finally, when it comes to my uh, uh, last honorable mention, is uh, the War on Drugs. I've listened to the record. It's been on a ton of endless. I like it, but I just didn't give myself the time to uh, really give it a full appraisal yet. So I can't. I can't rate it just yet. 
Maybe, who knows, by the end of next year, it might have been my number one in 2021. It might not even make the top 10. But mm-hmm. but I'm, I am I got tons of stuff to listen to. But of the stuff on my list, I've listened to this the most uh, of 2021 music. So, Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I think all of my honorable mentions have been released by the same person. <laughs> um, basically, John Dwyer of the OCs has yeah. been doing, like, different different collectives of people uh, where they're basically doing like experimental improv kraut rock jazz fusion thingies. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just came out with one like a week ago called gong splat. <laughs> they had one. I, my favorite of them this year has been uh witch egg, which egg, which egg, which is really cool. Uh, there's one called like endless garbage. Uh, I can't remember if Bent Arcana came out this year, but this is when I listened to it. But it's like, I think he did five that were just kind of uh, sporadically released throughout the year. And they're all they're all at least interesting. It, you know, mileage may vary for how much you like that kind of music, um, but I'm really into it. So it's kind of fun just like, oh, you know, once every month or two months or three months, you're going to get just like, a bunch of really good musicians releasing like a weird improv album. It's a weird one. Um, like, like you have bands that do that and they're like, I, th- I think it was the Beatles that they were contracted about like an album of a year or something like that. And I was mm-hmm. like, I was like, how the fuck man? Like, <laughs> well, I guess when you're just a recording act and I'm touring, I guess it's easier to keep turning out records once a year at the very least. But exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, plus it's like, I think he has a, he probably has a home studio. He runs his own label. So he can do what he wants. That's fair. So if you're having a big creative burst of like, I want to do a bunch of crazy improv stuff. He'll just come in and like, Q D, let's go. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's all my honorable mentions. It's all releases by more or less the same person in a vaguely similar style, but, you know, different a different set of musicians each time. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Let's let's get into it. Let's release. Let's show off our our top five. Okay. So I I thought about having award music, but I, I I forgot to, to well, add, on add it in post. We'll add okay. it in post. Okay. So uh, why don't you start with your number five first, and we'll, we'll go back and forth on that. Perfect. Um, so my number five uh, is released by a band I've been following for a while, mm-hmm. and it seems like it's like every four albums, they really knock it out of the park for me, and this yeah. was, I think, fourth album since their last one. Uh, it is Deer Hoofs, Actually You Can. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I bought um deer record or deer tick. No, it was deer hoof. You it was yeah. like something future. It was their album from Pre- previous, yeah, yeah. and it was I wasn't as big on that one because deer hoof's kind of like a noisy, punky, fun art rock thing, oh, yeah. and I felt like they leaned sure. a little bit more into the noisy on their their previous album, and it. It kind of bordered on annoying sometimes. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I got that a little bit. Like I, I put it in when I would put it on when I get in in the morning on the like I'm a record player starting work. I'm like I can't do this right now. It's too fucking mm-hmm. early. Yeah, uh, this new one is it's really fun. But then you know the lyrics are the lyrics are pretty good. Uh, pretty political. It's about just kind of like you know reshaping society into something more workable. Um, but yeah, it's cool. Everyone's just playing their ass off. Uh, just really interesting bass playing, insane drumming. The guitars have like locked into some really cool 
uh, things because they're never playing exactly the same thing and they're always playing off of each other. That's always um, great. But yeah, Deer Hoofs, actually, you can. Uh, it's my number five. I think standout track on that one, if you were going to check one out, is uh, Scarcity is Manufactured. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely going to check that out. I'm writing down, writing down your picks as, a, as we're going. Um, yeah, I think I think I'll do the same. Check okay. yours out. So my number five is a band we talked about on the show before. Uh, it's Black Midi's new one, Cavalcade. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, uh, this, of of when it comes to accessibility, I was thinking about like what albums on my list can I refer? You know, just um, good to everyone. I don't think I can do any of them. Uh, this one's I can do some, but this one is it's just as weird as their last one. But there's like it's weird that like every every other track or so it's like what is this like a like a elevator jazz music because <laughs> right. <laughs> and the voice the 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 vocals in this remind me a lot of uh, even some of the last one mostly this one remind me a lot of Proto Mario vocals like like sort, mm-hmm. of, sort of yelling or talking um, I I really like it's really fucking interesting and cool and I, I was laying on the couch listening to it just earlier just to gather my thoughts on it. Um, the the one that had it's eight tracks right and so one obviously is like nine minutes so like it's like a full album um, right but, but uh the first track you've probably heard John L which is sounds like straight up like you're like oh that's what Black Midi sounds like right mm-hmm. and then the second track Marlene Dietrich is like a jazz rock like jazz sort of elevator jazz music you know like okay, that's weird but I guess the standout track for this one is either the single John L or uh, a song number seven track. Hogwash and Balderdash. Hogwash and mm-hmm. Balderdash. So, um, Black- yeah, I really, that's one thing I like about Black Midi is like they're really good at taking left turns, mm-hmm. but still being interesting. So it's like you go in and you're like, oh, cool. They, I know what this sounds like. I know what Black Midi sounds like. And then it's like, well, here's, yeah, like you said, it's like a jazz, here's a jazz song. And you're like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah. And it's, it's cool. Like, I, I can't really talk about the weirdest on this because it's just what, you know, you know, they just talk about all kinds of shit. Like, you know, mm-hmm. You know, it's just like for example, this is from the tr- this is from a description. It says, uh, it, like from the track, a cult leader falling on hard times at ancient courts found a diamond mine. The legendary cabaret singer Marlon Diedrich, which is obviously what the song sounds like. So it's just a bunch of people. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I, I like it for the most point, and I was really hoping I get that golden ticket with this record, but I did not. Dang, guess you'll have to buy another one. And for those who know the golden ticket, if you want a golden ticket, you would uh, get like a, you would be able to visit Black Betty and like do some studio time with them. That was one of the choices if you got the black ticket. So, yeah, they had like three options, right? Yeah. It was like uh, oh, VIP yeah. tickets to every one of their shows, like it, and in your city or yeah, something yeah, like that yeah. for a year for life. Yeah, for life. And or you get studio time or something else. I can't remember. You'd be like a producer on their album. Yeah, yeah, which is like, why, why, why don't you just do that shit on Kickstarter and I'll just boost yeah. it? <laughs> so, yeah, um, Black Midi's um, Cavalcade, which you just saved in Schlegenheim, I'll say, the previous record. So, uh, yeah, this is, um, apparently this one was cracked around jam sessions. Like, like that's cool. Yeah, so it wasn't like written like, like um Schlegenheim was. So, and it sounds like it. You can tell. Uh, and it's it's fucking killer. I I can't wait for the third record. I really think that's when they hit their stride. You don't think they've hit their stride yet? I think they're getting there. I think so. Okay. Yeah. So this is. I mean, so I can't wait. All right, and that's uh, my number five. Black Mini's Cavalcade. Cool. Uh, 
my number four, I think is, is probably going to be the surprising one on my list. Cause mm-hmm. I, I don't think anybody I've read has liked this thing Okay, except me. I think this band comes with like a lot of expectations mm-hmm. and they've lost a lot of their like original fan base for, they've kind of veered off in a direction. And then but you I think people were hoping this one was going to be a return to form. Uh, this is going to be hushed and grim by Mastodon. Okay. Mastodon. Uh, well, yeah. I, I did listen to this one actually. And it, it's a huge double album mm-hmm. of like, I don't know. It's more kind of like somber prog rock versus, you know, like some sprawling story concept album with, you know, really heavy riffs and stuff like that. They kind of lean more into the, a lot of their like, you know, their pre older, like closing tracks yeah. or the sleeping giant or sea beast. <laughs> it's, it's a little more, laid back and I really like the I guess the vibe they find on the album so you're one of those people that stuck around with them right kinda I I haven't liked anything they've released since Crack the Sky I didn't like The Hunter I didn't like Emperor of Sand but I did like they did an EP called Cold Dark Place which was like three or four songs yeah this feels like an expanded version of that EP okay so. where it's this like it's a little slower. They're not really showing off as much. Um, they do kind of lean into trying to do like catchy stuff, but I feel like at least with this album, they've hit that point where they've become complex enough in their catchy things that it doesn't sound uh, like saccharine. Like that's kind of my issue with a lot of their other stuff is like, they seem like very basic, uh, chord progressions and stuff. And now I feel like they've lived in that space long enough that it's like, they're actually starting to write, interesting melodies and stuff. So how long is it? Is your, uh, that the whole album, I think it's close to like an hour and a half. Okay. And you like most of it. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple songs that if you listen to it in isolation, don't really land, but I think as a whole by, yeah, by doing it as a, a double album, you do kind of get into the head, the headspace of the album a little bit more, yeah. uh, which is weird. Cause I tried to listen to some of this, like, put it on like shuffle or you know, <laughs> a couple songs in isolation. I'm like, Hey, maybe I don't like this. And then I'd sit Did down you, and listen to the whole album again. Yeah, and I was like, uh, no, it makes sense. Yeah. Okay. And so I think I kind of ended up liking the things that most people have disliked about this. Yeah. Uh, the standout track, at least for me is uh, eyes of serpents. Mm-hmm. It's not even really that complicated of a song. It's like, it kind of just rides these two echoey chords, but, it's really cool. They lean more into like this like psychedelic vibe that I like. Yeah, I heard mixed things about um, this new Mastodon record. I saw it on like one or two lists, but definitely not all of them. Um, but mm-hmm. when, it, when I did see it, it was at the very like you know like ninety eight, ninety nine <laughs> when it came to like number ones. But yeah, I think I the length is kind of a, a hurdle for some people, and I think people really want that old heavier Mastodon style back, and I. I feel like at this point, people don't seem to really care whether they do a good job of going back to metal as long as they just go back to it. <laughs> and it's like I'm I'm more interested in kind of, I guess, seeing where their their mind is and what they're exploring. Um, yeah, people, I don't know. It, it, people are like, it's safe. It's weird. And it's like, what is safe in in metal that by it, there's nothing more dangerous, I guess, in the metal thing than losing your edge, I guess, or going going more alternative rock versus <laughs> heavy metal. 
but I don't know. I I really enjoyed what I've listened to and how many times I've listened to it. Okay. Um, I'll go with my number four real quick. Or not real quick. I'll go with my number four. Uh, yeah, what is it? Full of Hell's Garden of Burning Apparition. Full of Hell are like a noise rock, death metal, grindcore band. They're very harsh, very chaotic, and very good. This is easily their, to me, out of all the records, the easily the most inaccessible. Because of how fuck, oh yeah, because <laughs> of because of how fucking uh, abrasive it can be, and then you know like like previous records, there's tracks that are n- like straight up just noise, like Daryl Satellite in this thing is is just straight up noise, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the records are generally about twenty minutes long, and they go through about twelve out twelve songs, so it's um it's awesome shit to me. It's it's also it's it's heavy and abrasive, and um I'm sure that my parents would hate it. You know, right, <laughs> you know, like if I go through, my parents would like this is probably the one they on my list they'd like the least, and so uh, yeah, it's full of hell's garden burning apparitions. Uh, I'd give I'm gonna give a couple standout, standout tracks just because they're so short. Guiding guided blight is the first record song, uh, straight up crazy. And if you want to hear noise, Jerry looks satellites up there, and then industrial messiah complex, which is just a cool name for it all. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I'd recommend pretty much their last few records at least. We've been choir for sure, which is the previous mm-hmm. one. And um, yeah, so yeah, uh, I think I liked their last one, and I didn't get around to checking this one out yet. So it's on my it's on my list to check out. It is. It should be. Um, it's great, and it's you know a lot of people don't like relapse, but the, they still put out good shit like this. Mm-hmm. So uh, good on Full on Hell, and that's. That's all I have to say about that, as as <laughs> as Forrest Gump would say. So, <laughs> my number three mm-hmm. uh, is one we actually talked about on the podcast. Mm-hmm. It is Lingua Ignota's "Sinner Get Ready." Oh, is that right? Okay, we'll we'll talk a little bit. More. I f- I feel like this one is maybe like the artistic statement of the year, yeah. like. Yeah. I, I respect this album probably the most out of anything on my list. Like it's, it's concise. It really like wraps up a theme really well. It's well recorded and like very singular. I haven't heard anything like this <laughs> ever. Um, but I think the reason it sits at number three is it's just like, it's an intense listen. Yes. Like it's not like fun. It's kind yeah. of like, it's also just like something you can't listen to single songs in uh in like isolation or anything it's like you got to sit down and you got to sit here for an hour um but it's really 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 good <laughs> uh i will talk more about some later oh spoilers <laughs> yes, <we're>. um, <laughs> um but at least for me my standout track would be uh order of spiritual virgins mm-hmm. which is the opening track yeah yeah and it really just like sets the tone and gets it's crazy and out there uh but man, what a good album. Oh. Yeah, I agree. Um, number three for me. Steve Sean Stevens, Angela D'Augustine's A Beginner's Mind. So this is a record by Steve Sean Stevens, which originally was into it. Um, the, Angela D'Augustine and Steve Sean Stevens came together and they wrote, they watched a movie and they didn't write a song, right? Mm-hmm. And that was a, the impetus of the record. Every single song is basically about a movie or kind of about a movie. And even the, inspired by a inspired movie, movie and, you know, they weren't even the movies weren't even that good. Some of them, right. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it brought in a really interesting record 
and again, this is this is in contrast to Full of Hell, which is chaotic and uh, noisy. This one's beautiful and serene, right? Okay. Yeah. So I've still never listened to Sufjan. It'll happen. It won't happen on this yeah. record, maybe, but it'll happen at some point. Um, <laughs> so be, beginner's mind, it's it didn't really show up in any list. It sort of flew under the radar, but I I fell in love with it. Um, I, you know, brought it home from from Mills one day, and I just I put it on, and I'm like, okay, this isn't my turntable for a long time. I think right. I think it's on there right now. In fact, so um, so <laughs> get out of here, war on drugs. I'm listening to Sufjan. Uh, they're singing that track, which is I think their single too, "Back to Oz," which is just a beautiful song. All the songs. Which movie is that inspired by? I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's called. Uh, I, they have record songs about you know Silence of the Lambs, like uh, one of the inside main co- like covers, like on the inside. It's a full page of a what looks like a a folk painting of Clarice from Silence of the Lambs. That's so, cool. Yeah. So I would, I would definitely recommend anyone who's into that type of thing uh, to check out two found Stevens and Angela D'Augustine's A Beginner's Mind, which is my number three. Nice. Yeah. So I'm All right. Three. On to number two. Number two. For me, uh, it's going to be Butterfly 3000 by King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a very Ryan record. <laughs> it is, uh, yeah. but it's also kind of a left turn for the band because okay. uh, they embraced like happy, breezy, fun music that's focused on like synths and, uh, you know, MIDI programming and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they do a really cool thing um, where it's it's kind of supposed to be listened to as one piece. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of like references and, you, you know, they the one song will focus on like uh, the baseline all of a sudden shows up in the synth and it's like, that's a new <laughs> song. And then they'll reference a line later uh, just like throughout the album. So it's supposed to be like one big piece, but it has you know, like 12 distinct uh, different tracks on there. Was this like a, I, I don't think any records I, ch- I got in here were like, we were in pandemic. So this came out like, I don't know. Uh, this was actually, I think everyone recorded it in their own homes. Okay. Okay. I think, and it, it still manages to sound really good. Do you think next year we'll get a bunch of like we're in pandemic so this is recorded? I think so. We got that this year too. Yeah. I think we're getting a lot of uh, pandemic albums, and we'll probably still get it for at least the first half of next year. Yeah, I mean, when unless the Omicron uh, variant becomes super deadly all of a sudden, like, mm-hmm. like apparently the new variant's like super spreadable, but a lot of people are saying that if you guys are booster and you're vaccination which i have both um mm-hmm. then you're then you will most likely be fine yeah that's yeah. what i've been hearing too yeah. so so fingers crossed finger, yeah fingers crossed it doesn't uh, like, but like, they also did something pretty interesting mm-hmm. with like the release of the album where they released it in i want to say 20 different languages jesus really yeah so they didn't like change the lyrics mm-hmm. it, or like the music in any way but it's like I have the Spanish version, so it's called Mariposa Trace Mil. <laughs> um, and it's just got everything, like the lyrics inside are all written in Spanish. Everything is in Spanish. I think they did it in like German, obviously in English. They did it in, I want to say like Thai and Japanese. So it's really, really cool. And then they uh, packaged it in like, instead of putting plastic wrap on it, they put it in like paper bags. Oh, nice. So it's more environmentally friendly. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. I like that. So, um, yeah. so 
did you have to order the Spanish one for their website? Uh, originally I missed it, but a, a friend of mine found it at oh. uh, a record store and grabbed it for me. Well, and that's, then that's nice of them. brought it when he came out to California. Awesome. Yeah. Um, oh, and a uh, standout track on this one, at least for me, is Blue Morpho. But a lot of people also really like Catching Smoke and Interior People. Okay. I wrote that down, so I will check that out so I can give you yeah. that. I think you would, you know what? I think you would like this one. Okay. Quite a bit. All right. Um, my number two is uh, Mountain Goats Dark in Here. So this is their third album. In the time, when this came out, it was the third album in 15 months. Um, oh my God. <laughs> so, yeah, they put out uh, two records a year before. So um, the year before, they put out um, uh, their, one of the, 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 the first, like, tape record they'd done in years. Um and uh, when the pandemic happened. So this record, they filmed, they recorded right before pandemic, honestly, um, right before it came. They recorded it, and as they were, like, finishing up, that's when everything started shutting down. Dark right. Hill, it was recorded in Muscle Shoals, which is uh, John Darnielle, the lead singer's, one of his dream places to record was in Muscle Shoals, Alabama. So they recorded Dark in Here and there. Dark in Here is the sort of companion record to the record released previously, um, the full, like, the full they released previously. Um, which, man, so the previous record is called Getting Into Knives, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is a great name for any record. Yeah, great cover, too. Oh, yeah. It's just, just a picture like, of a bunch of knives. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a, it's kind of funny. It's kind of a funny term. Like, I'm really getting into knives lately, but, um, Dark Near, <laughs> both these, both those records are not like, not like happy records. They're both pretty much of a downer, and this one definitely with the name cover, Dark in Here. Obviously, down every record, but it's great. Uh, it it's also so lushly produced, and again, this is not not inaccessible at all. But I could see people like who don't listen to the Mountain Goats. Mm-hmm. Like, this shit sucks, or this is boring. And I I couldn't disagree. Right. I couldn't disagree more. I love this record. Um, the only record, I was, the only list I saw this on was Paste's list at number forty three. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean. Like all I'm not gonna go the, the lyrics are fucking crazy, and this one actually has a lot of song titles that have nothing. Most of them had nothing to do with the record, like the the, the song itself. <laughs> you know, like there's a. I just thought it was a funny. Yeah, yeah. Song like, title. Yeah, there's a song called "The Slow Parts" on death metal albums. <laughs> a song called "Let Me Bathe in Demonic Light," uh, and um, then another one called "Arguing with the Ghost of Peter Launer about his Coney Island baby review." But that's uh, <laughs> but uh, the standout track on to me on Dark Near is the second track called "Destruction of the Cola Super Deep Borehole Tower." Um, do you know what the Cola Super Deep Borehole ta- Tower is? I have no idea. So back in the eighties, in a in a early, uh, back in the eighties when you when um, old the commercials late at night would say that they had the sounds of hell recorded. Mm-hmm. It was just sounds recorded from the. Cola Super Deep Borehole Tower in Russia, where they're trying to basically just dig a hole as deep as they possibly could, right? Right. So, and it's shut down now if you go there, just to cover over the hole where the hole used to be. But, <laughs> yeah. Just thinking, like, one of those, like, construction steel yeah. plates just shoved over That's it. what I feel like it is. I, I know it's bolted. <laughs> but it's a destruction of the Cola, Cola Super Deep Borehole Tower. The song has nothing to do with that. Um Right. I mean, I guess if you were to like look deep in it, you could say, 
oh, I guess that line's about it, or this course is what they're saying about it. But no, it's not. I mean, to me, it's just shitty being awesome. So, but uh, the mountain goes dark in here. I when I saw when I saw um, mountain goes so. Uh, I want to say that their most recent records, the, the songs that they I, they can't play without a full band. It wouldn't make sense to me. Um, mm-hmm. They're they're just yeah. And I want to mention also Spooner Oldham was a uh, was playing uh, Spooner Oldham and Will, Mark, Will McFarlane, the original Muscle Shoals uh, session players were on. So a few of them were on this record. Oh, that's cool. And they're fucking old as shit now. So like, <laughs> and if. Yeah, but if you're recording at your dream place, yeah, f- fame, session musicians yeah. are part of it. You get them on there. Yeah, Fame Studios. Is what I wanted to get that. That's the way it is. Fame Studios and Muscle Souls, Alabama. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mountain Goats Dark in here. If you guys like the Mountain Goats, you'll like this record. And if you don't uh, know the Mountain Goats, um, start with something else. <laughs> I guess <I'd> say, <laughs> and then work your way to this one. Because, again, I'm a super fan of the Mountain Goats. And um, I... If they came out with a bad record, I think I'd be able to tell. I don't. Right. But then again, I'm a super fan. I just defended to the death. But I love this record. <laughs> Dark and Here by the Mountain Goats. <laughs> so uh, I'm ready to hear your number one. But should we play the sampler for number one before we before you reveal it? No, I think I will tell you the name of it. Then we can play the sampler, and then okay. we'll we'll get into it. Uh, but we need to, like, somebody edit in a, a drum roll. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, my number one is Moss Grew on the Swords and Plowshares Alike by K.O. Dot. Oh, okay. So you were a big fan of K.O. Dot, Rickon? It super grew on me. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I enjoyed it. I think, yeah, go, play the sampler and then we'll get into it.
So that gives you kind of a vague idea of what it sounds like. It's only like seven tracks, uh, and each one is almost ten minutes. <laughs> so uh, this was the one you're most looking forward to this year, wasn't it? It was, yeah. I I really like uh, Ko Dot because they always they always do something really interesting. Um, this one was also like a a loose reunion of the original band that Ko Dot grew out of called Maudlin of the Well. Okay. So it's got all the guitar solos on it are played by the guitar player from that band. Um, lyrics are written by the lyricist of that band. Um, so it's kind of like a it's kind of like a reunion, but not quite. So you do kind of get the vibe from that. And then they also kind of entered into this in the same like mental space. Like they were like, we want to we want to make a goth metal album. Well, it's definitely happening. So there's a lot of yeah, it's a little like over the top, a little dramatic. Lots of synths. But you it's your number one of the year? Number one of the year, yeah. I, I keep coming back to it. I Every time I listen to it, I like it more. Okay, that's good. I to discover hear. new things I really like. Um, it really feels like it's kind of a, a combination of what they've done for like the past three or four albums. Okay. Where it's like they've got the, you know, the goth stuff from... Uh, coffins on io they add in like these really interesting synth textures from plastic house on base of sky uh it's got more kind of like it more like dramatic singing and stuff like that from like blasphemy and then they just made it super heavy yeah this is, yeah listening to this right away so let's do it came out um mm-hmm. at least just once because i have a friend who was you were like i don't know how i feel about it and that friend who just definitely didn't like it um, but I'm, I'm sort of thinking that he, he'll be on the podcast at some point in the future. So, uh, <laughs> we'll grill him about it. Yeah, we'll grill him about it. I think he also, I mean, we'll think about it. I'll, I'll, I'll say something else a little off here. But, um, um so, uh, but I think it has, it has a cool cover. It's probably my favorite just cover art mm-hmm. of the year. Um, the, uh, the singer had room to, I, I was reading stuff that he had room to do more takes of vocal passes. Mm-hmm. So he's actually like happy with how it sounds. <laughs> and I think, I think having the extra time to work on the vocal performances makes it, I mean, obviously it makes it better cause he gets a chance to get it in there, but I guess on previous albums, he had like one or two takes Okay, and vocal performance is always a complaint when you read through uh, reviews and stuff like that. Um, gosh, what else? I think, this might be one of the more overlooked albums oh, of the year. Yeah. I've I've yet to see it show up on any lists and even like reviews of this album are far and few between. Okay. Uh but standout track, last track, ep <laughs> Epipsychodion. Epipsychodion, something like that. It's a fake made up word, but it's like 13 minutes long and goes through just like a bunch of changes and ends with like this really cool kind of like synth guitar drone for like the last four minutes. Cool, man. It's good shit. So uh, <laughs> my number one, which was alluded to by me earlier in the in the um, episode, and I think it's no surprise that anyone who knows me uh, is Lingo Ignotus. Um, so get ready. This to me is a tremendous record. But before I say anything else, I want to go ahead and I want to play the sampler that I have put together for this one. So here we yeah. Go. Here we go. Hide your children, hide your husband. 
don't give a fuck. Just kill him. You have to. I am not asking. Back and held me by my neck. I would die for you. I would die for you. He went. I watched you long where you live with your family. He will take your legs and your will. So that was a lingo known as a syndicate ready. We, there's a whole episode of us um of us talking about this record. Gushing about it. Yeah, gushing about it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um and but so I don't want to say too much, but there's something that has come out about this one since uh, we rec- uh, talked about it last. So yeah, there's a whole uh mini set of us ta- uh, gushing about this record. Um and I didn't want to jump on too much about it when when Ryan revealed his number three. Um this is the only crossover on our list. <laughs> This one, actually, I figured it would be like this, we both we both really liked it when we listened yeah. to it. This showed up on a bunch of your your end lists like uh, like um Kerrang. It was like number twenty three. The highest one is Beats for Minute, which gave it a three, like a third out in the year, and it showed up on a bunch of other lists. Uh, this is my number one. It's a tremendous record, and since this came out, since we reviewed it, uh, Kristen Hader had released a impact statement about her experience with. A relationship you have with she had with Alexis Marshall daughters, um, mm-hmm. and it was it's a, it's horrific. It's a it's a yeah awful awful thing. And if you guys want to read it, get ready to um like trigger warning big time on that whole thing. But uh, she said that this record, um, sooner get ready, was written and recorded, and so past records like Caligula, um, and one all bitches must die. Then one that that they were always reflective records of. Once that horrible thing has passed, she was able to reflect on it, right, uh, and write about it. But this one was written in the midst of all that, and so it's. Jeez. So the record is a heavy listen, especially in that context. It's tremendous. It's a tremendous record. It's, I mean, to me, it's genius. Um, it, and it's not for everyone at all. This is not an accessible record by any stretch of the imagination. Oh no! But it's so good. It's so good. So um, uh. If this sounds up your alley, what I just played, uh, you'll no, you won't hear anything else like this this year or from this maybe this century. <laughs> you know, like when it comes right. to yeah. So uh, 
it's, yeah, that's uh, that's what I was saying. Is like I've never heard anything like this, mm-hmm. and I don't know if this is going to inspire other people to sound like this. But like as of right now, this is the only place you can. Yeah, if I heard find something like this, if I heard anything like this in the coming year, I'd be like, oh, so you're just copying Lingua Noda, <laughs> right? That's what, that's what I think. Um, uh, and Anthony Fantano, the busiest music, <laughs> busiest music nerd, gave this a ten out of ten. Um, yeah, well, well deserved. Well deserved. So. Uh, good on you, Kristen, and uh, I really hope that things get better for you. So, yeah, that's that's our album of the year 2021. I don't think we did this last year, did we? We did not, no. I First year. Yeah, so we're, we're on it, guys. <laughs> I feel, feel, good. feel <laughs> happy about that. So uh, um, I'll go through my list again, and you go through yours. So, for sure. Number five is Black Mini Cavalcade. My number four is Full of Hell's Garden of Burning Apparition. My number three is Sufjan Stevens and Angela De Augustine, A Beginner's Mind. My number two is uh, The Mountain Goes Dark in Here. And my number one is Lingua Ignota's Sinner Get Ready. And my number five is Deer Hoof's Actually You Can. Number four is Macedon's Hushed and Grim. Number three is Lingua Ignota's Sinner Get Ready. Number two is King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard's Butterfly 3000. And then my number one is KO Dots, Moss Grew on the Swords, and Plowshares alike. Feel free to check all those out or some of those out or none of those out. <laughs> but, you know, I have, I have another question. What? What is she got going on? <laughs> uh, me and my friend do the music for this podcast. Uh, so if you like what you hear here, uh, feel free to check us out. We're on Bandcamp at smell.bandcamp.com. And what about you? I uh, do another podcast called Movies They Don't Suck and Some of the Do. It's a weekly podcast. Um, it usually comes out Monday or Tuesday or Sunday. Uh, but definitely before we record the next time, it'll be it'll be out. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, you guys can check that out. Um, the one we released, actually, I don't know, this this was released before the end of the year, but but the one that people on this uh, on this uh, podcast may be into, or most people, Spider Man. And uh, uh, Nightmare Alley will be talked about on the episode that it'll be out by the time you hear this. So, nice. um, uh, so if you guys want to hear that, and also we'll be talking about other stuff. But yeah, who's on something there's something to do? It's fun on all places you can find Record Night, and um, we'll see you guys next time. Yeah, that was 2021, and we'll see you in 2022.